Welcome back to the Pulver Book Club podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing the book Small Spaces by Catherine Arden. Today we have a special guest, Julia Pulver. Hello. And what might your name be? Sadie Pulver. I am the anchor, I guess, of the podcast host. There you go. So the book Small Spaces is about um, this girl named Ollie, and she finds a book that someone threw in a river. And she reads it, and it's about these two guys. I forgot their names. I think it's... They're brothers, right? Yeah, brothers. They're like Jonathan... Caleb. And Caleb. And they are in the book, and then she goes to a field trip to a farm. And the person who threw the book in the river works there. It's like the owner of the farm, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then... Halfway through getting back home, the bus breaks down, and... So, she didn't really find a book, right? She was... What was the lady who on the farm doing? Uh, she was, like, crying, and she said, I have to get rid of it. And she was, like, throw, she threw it in the river. Mm-hmm. She seemed, like, pretty desperate, right? Mm-hmm. And Ollie was like, no, I'll take it, I love books. She she insisted that she didn't take it. And she was like, no, yeah, I'm going to take this. And that lady was a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then we find her again, yeah, Ollie goes on a field trip, right? Mm-hmm. And the bus driver uh, doesn't really have a name. They call him the just the bus driver. And um, basically, there's a bunch of scarecrows. And uh, the bus driver tells them to avoid small spaces or to avoid big spaces, like open spaces, and to stay in small spaces, uh, I think when it, like, the sun sets. Well, first, before that, we start seeing, or, like, getting some creepy parallels, right? Mm -hmm. That she had been reading this book that this lady was trying to throw away, and it was about these two brothers and what happened to these brothers. Whose point of view was it told from? It was told from, I think... I don't know. It's like the wife, mm-hmm. right? Her You're point the of eventual view. like wife of the mm-hmm. one of the brothers, and then she goes out into the forest to try to find the farm uh, to call like the police or something so they can find their way back home. And her two friends, Coco and Brian, go with them. Mm-hmm. And let's go back for a second to the story that's in the book that Ollie was reading. So what does what was that story about? It was about two brothers, and I think one of them goes missing, and I think eventually the other one goes missing, too, because he goes looking for them. Well, in the story, there was a, they had a fight, right? Mm-hmm. What was their fight about? Um, I can't remember. Well, they were both in love with the same woman, mm-hmm. right? And she chose, uh, what, Jonathan, right? Mm-hmm. And that made Caleb so upset. You know, they got in a fight and he ran off and and didn't come back. And Jonathan said, I'm going to go find him. Um, They were worried that something had happened to him. And then what happened? Um, I think they both died. Well, when they came back, remember, he, he came back with Caleb, but was Caleb the same? No, he was very different, and he seemed kind of weird. Mm-hmm. 
And how did she describe him? Um, I think it was like a ghost or like just an empty soul. Yeah, or somebody who had like drowned but had life breathed back into him. Mm-hmm. That he was different and she never got a straight answer from Jonathan until what a couple years later. Mm-hmm. He was upset and what did he tell her? Um, I can't remember. Remember that he finally told her that when, that night he went out to look for Caleb, he came across the smiling man. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like the leader of all the scarecrows. Well, we find that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jonathan had said something like, I would give anything to get my brother back. Mm-hmm. And so... They the smiling man sort said, of like a deal. Yeah. Like a, he, he, what was, what did he agree to, to do? Um, he agreed to bring his brother like back to life or have his brother come back. And, but he had to like sell his soul to him. Sort of. They had to promise that when he, when he came back for him, that he, that Jonathan would go with the smiling man. Mm-hmm. And that's when, he finally told his wife uh, that story was when he came back for him. And she said, don't go with him. He said, I have to, or else he'll take Caleb. Right. And then he left and was never heard of again. So this, she's reading this creepy story as that she takes this trip to this farmhouse. And then what happens? And then she sees the lady who threw it in, and she sees the bus driver, and she notices that when they're eating, he's, like, really, really hungry. And so that that's important later in the story. And she notices there's this guy named Seth, and they say something like, beware of a man with a smile or something. Mm-hmm. He seemed very charming. Mm-hmm. I picked up on it right away. Did you pick up on it? I didn't really pick up. He was also friends with a cat, and cats are usually sort of a bad omen in stories. Mm-hmm. So, but we don't really know that. He just seems kind of like a friendly farmhand at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wanders off from the rest of the group, right? Mm-hmm. And what does she find? Um, she finds a cemetery mm-hmm. that has, um, I think, Caleb and Jonathan's graves, mm-hmm. and I think maybe the wife's grave. I can't remember. So this story that was just sort of a theory is starting to become a little bit more concrete, right? Mm-hmm. And then the bus driver finds her, and then they bring her back to the farm. Mm-hmm. So then they're leaving the farm, and what happens? Um, she talks to the bus driver and says, like, I'll offer you food if you tell me more about, like, the book. Tell me more about well, what what's happens? happening. What happens? So I got, I just, they were going to drive home like normal from a field trip. Then what happened? Yeah, the bus broke down, like when they were still, I think, on the farm property. Mm-hmm. And it was becoming night. And she had her, missed. Mm-hmm, she had her mom's watch. And it said run, I think, on it. What What's significant about her mom's watch? Um, Her mom uh, passed away. And... Sort of her mom's spirit was telling her 
what to do to, like, not, um, to, like, avoid the smiling man. Mm -hmm. And she didn't really know that at first. Uh, it didn't say the time. It just said run. And so she talked to the smile, or no, not the smiling man. She talked to the bus driver. And she'd off she offered him part of her lunch. Well, and who kind of gave away that somebody was coming to get them? Um, I think it was the teacher when he left the bus to go find the farm. Well, was, and then the bus driver, he kind of tipped him off by saying. Uh, he said, like, sort of watch out or beware. He said, well, they'll be coming for the rest of you soon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty creepy thing to hear. They'll be coming for you. Who will be coming for you? What are they going to do when they get there? So that kind of tipped Ollie off that, mm -hmm. like, uh, something's not kosher here. Something's not, <laughs> something's not, uh, good. I should be worried, right? Mm -hmm. The bus breaks down. The teacher leaves. She's got this watch that's telling her to run. And then what else does it have on it? Um, it had, like, a compass, I think. It had, like, a time, right? But it wasn't yeah. the time of day. What was it? Um, I can't remember. It was like a countdown, remember? Yeah. It said like six minutes or hours or something. And that meant like whatever time they had before the scarecrows came. And so... So and I think, and Ollie didn't know exactly about the scarecrows yet, but she was mm -hmm. smart enough and kept her wits about her enough to know something's not right. Even though we're being told to just sit on this bus and wait, and the teacher says they'll be right back, this bus driver, who seems to know what's going on, says they'll be coming for you soon. And she's got this watch that says run, and it's counting down, and the time is getting lower and lower. So she kind of follows her gut and is like, maybe I should investigate more and so then how does she get information out of the bus driver? Uh, she offers him, like, pieces of her turkey sandwich because uh, he knows a lot. And he she saw he was, like, really, really hungry. So then what advice did he give her? Um, I think, yeah, he told her to stay in small spaces. And he told her to just, uh, like, stay in small spaces because... If they can't reach you, then they can't take you. And she didn't really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But it started to become clear when what happened. Um, I can't remember. Well, so she decided, all right, well, I guess I'm going to get out of here. I'm not going to sit here and wait and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So she decided to go before the countdown ends and try to find the farm. And so then she leaves the bus, and then her friend Coco comes, and then um, she's sort of saying, no, stay behind, and Coco's insisting she goes, and then they start walking, and then Brian comes, and then um, he tells them to, like, stay on the bus, and then they keep trying to go, and then he just goes along with them, and then they're walking in the woods, and they see scarecrows. And it's sort of like taunting them with signs that say, like, I can see you or we can see you. Mm -hmm. And um, they're just walking through the woods. And then I think they find like a little 
cave sort of thing. And then they stay in there for the night. And they wake up. And I think um, her watch said, like, water or something. Or, like, pond. And so they try to find the, uh, the like, little pond. And so they're walking. And then they eat some of her lunch. And um, they keep walking. And I think also Mm -hmm. on that day, they find a little house. And it, they go inside, and it said, on her watch, it said food, but it was crossed out. Mm-hmm. And so, then they went into the house, and then there was this lady, and um, she had, like, a bunch of things she was making. She had, like, I think, pie, or, like... So, who was this lady? Uh, they didn't really know, but it was actually, I think, the mother of Jonathan and Caleb. And then she mentions, oh, her two sons will be uh, going back to the house soon. And uh, they see out the window that two scarecrows are heading towards them. And so then they get really freaked out. And then they run away. And so what is it about the scarecrows, you know, um, during the day versus during the night? During the day... Um, they could sort of, they, I think they can move, but they can't, like, I guess, attack you. They just sort of, like, stay in one spot and move when you're not looking, but they can't really attack you. But at night, they can, like, turn you into the scarecrow, and that's what they do with all the rest of the class on the bus. They turn them into scarecrows, and then they walk around, and they find a farm. I don't... It was like a barn, and then they see um, all of their the people. It had like the same hair, the same like facial features, and it had the same clothes and had all their things. And they knew that they turned uh, everybody else into scarecrows. And then they go into the barn, or it was like a little house barn. And then it started to become night, or no, it was almost night. And so then. Uh, Coco and Brian start building a fire, and Ollie decides to go up the stairs and look around, and then she finds, uh, like, the ghost of, I think, the wife Mm -hmm. of Jonathan, and then they start talking to her, and then she runs back downstairs, and then the, the, or no, then they, like, they close the door somehow, because Coco runs up, and she closes the giant door, and then they build a fire. And then the whole barn is on fire um, when she runs down. And then uh, they they all get out. Mm-hmm. And I think they just run back, back to the woods and then um, outside of the woods. And they find their parents. Or I can't remember how they got out. Mm-hmm. But they just, like, run away. And then they find their parents. And then they're safe. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we should go into detail about uh, her dad mm-hmm. and like how he's an important character. Well, so so let's get to the ending though. So you know this is where we say spoiler alert if you haven't read the ending. So how does she get out of this? You know she's in this sort of like. Par- not a parallel universe, but like underworld or something where, 
you know, I think the interesting thing about the scarecrows was that they sort of exist in both worlds, right? And that's why since they exist in the daylight world, or what do they call it? Yeah, like the mm-hmm. above world or daylight world or whatever, um, they have to be still because people are looking at them. They're on farms or out in the daylight, but they could move a tiny bit when mm-hmm. someone wasn't looking. But at night, when no one's looking into them, they can move as fast as they want. Mm-hmm. So that's why she had that countdown every day from her mom, who was giving her instructions on kind of how to get through this, how to survive, how to get back, you know, to the, to the daylight world, to the regular world. Um, and she was smart enough to trust her instincts and follow mm-hmm. that. Um, but then they were also worried about their classmates who were all just turned into scarecrows. And they were like... Are they gone, or is there a little bit of them still there? Do you remember how they they kind of talked to the scarecrows? Um, I remember she uh, finds they find a maze, mm-hmm. and then well, when they were in the barn, when they were when Coco was able to get them up into that loft in the barn, mm-hmm. and they were all of their like classmate scarecrows down there trying to get them to like come down and become one of them. Mm-hmm. Um. They kind of talked to them, right? Yeah, like, uh, Brian had his friend, and he sort of, like, talked to him, and I guess they just sort of tried to make him, like, calm down, and then once it was daytime, it says, like, maize or corn, Mm -hmm. and then they find this maize, this maize of corn, and so they all decide to split up, and then they all get lost, and she tries to find them. And then the bus driver is, I think, a dog mm-hmm. and, like, a hound. And then he leads them to the Smiling Man. And the Smiling Man is actually Seth from the farm. Mm-hmm. And then she makes a deal with him that, like... She doesn't make a deal with him. Or, no. She, like, outsmarts him mm-hmm. and sort of gets him to turn uh, all their classmates back into people and let them, like, escape. Well, what do you think the most important part of this? Because we're kind of the whole book wondering, like, why is this happening? Why this bus full of kids? What happened? And we kind of get an answer, don't we? Mm -hmm. Why is that? What happened that this field trip all of a sudden was besieged by scarecrow people? Um, I forgot. It was the farm owner, remember? Mm-hmm. She had a lot of money troubles. And she had said, and they, you know, there was a little bit of foreshadowing with this when I believe her dad or somebody, or maybe it was the teacher, was talking about this farm. And they were like, yeah, this farm's been really successful for a small little rural community. It's gone, you know, it's done really well. So they were all kind of surprised that it had financially done so well. Um, when it had been failing at some point. And so the truth finally comes out at the end that same thing. This woman said, I would give anything to save my farm. And so here comes the smiling man and says, Oh really anything. And they realize she made a deal with the smiling man to basically sacrifice this school bus full of sixth graders to give him more scarecrows. And so Ollie kind of figured that out. And what else did she figure out? Do you remember? No. 
he was trying to get Ollie then to make a deal that you leave your friends here and I'll bring back who? Uh, her mom. Uh-huh. And he was sort of like teasing her, I guess. And uh, He had his mom's or her mom's voice. Uh-huh. So he was trying to play on her most deepest desire, right, to see her mom again mm-hmm. and trying to use that vulnerability to get her to give him what he wanted, which was for her to agree to sort of leave and leave her classmates behind. But she was smart enough to say, hey, you know what? This lady made a deal with you, but we are not hers to give away. You can only give away what you actually own. She doesn't own us. Mm -hmm. So no, I'm not making a deal with you. Even though you're trying to trick me and you're trying to give me everything I want. I am not going to make a deal with you. I'm going out of here and I'm taking my friends with me. And then how did she figure out to turn her friends back into people? Um, I can't remember. Well, the whole time they'd said, well, how long do we have to go with you? You know, what were his terms of his deal? And he said, uh, until the mist becomes the rain or something like that. Right. Do you remember what she did? She like poured water on him. Yeah. The old water trick. And they turned back in and they were able to get home. So we've only got, uh, this only lets us record for 30 minutes. We've only got a few minutes left. I want to talk about like the overall themes or the moral of the story. What do you think are sort of the, the major ideas and themes and what's the takeaways and the moral of the story? Maybe like think things through and don't, or maybe like don't be selfish and like think about others. I think one of the important stories is to just, like, sort of be confident and, like, trust yourself and Mm -hmm. sort of think things through. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely say don't panic in a crisis, which I think is very poignant for right now. Um, Keep your wits about you. Yeah, definitely think it through. Trust your gut what your gut is telling you. Um, But also, I think a lot of it had to do with relying on other people. Ollie seemed like a very go-it-alone kind of a person, this idea that I'm going to do it all by myself. But in the end, she wouldn't have been able to survive without her friend's help. Um, There's also some bigger literary themes, I think, that go on in this book. So the idea of selling your soul to the devil, making a deal with the devil, um, not trusting charming men <laughs> who are trying to give you everything, um, that you want and sort of regretting that, you know, not being, not allowing people or, or selfish malevolent entities to play on your weakness. Um, though that's true in a lot of different literary themes. Um, and that idea of selflessness that, you know, people have been were making these deals with the smiling man or people make deals with the devil for selfish things, usually not to help other people. So trying not to, you know, get out of things by by making other people suffer. Um, so it's not always the case. There was also the idea, too, of um, food in the underworld. 
Mm-hmm. Right. She brought her own food. Luckily, she listened to her dad. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, like always, <coughs> like be prepared. be prepared. Yeah, and like never really turn down something. Dress for the weather. Mm-hmm. You know, they they very much were. You know, sad that they had thin sh- shoes that were getting soggy very quickly, and you know. Very much dressed for the weather, be and kind of along mm-hmm. the be prepared. Um, I don't know what else. Um, I mean, friendship was a big one, you know, because she had a hard time being friends with people, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't really, you know, like those kids that much, and just sort of like trust others. Mm-hmm. Follow your instincts. You know, her instinct was to run when they were sitting on that bus. What were the creepiest parts of the book, would you say? Probably just all the scarecrows, and they said, like, they're sort of staring at them. Or when they were teasing them, they had, like, signs saying that they could see them. Mm-hmm. Or just, I just sort of the overall story of just sort of being, like, haunted by something. Yeah. For me, it was um, describing they were in the middle of the woods, even wondering if this was, you know, still wondering, like, what's going on? Is this actually happening? Are you just crazy? We should go back to the bus. And then when they say they heard the alarm from the back of the bus going off, remember? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, I bet those idiots, you know, open that. And then they said, and then they just heard screaming. That just gave me chills reading that, the idea of a a bus full of kids your age screaming in terror, you know, just as a parent made me go, ooh. I think it's funny. You think some of it's funny? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a little bit, you know, cartoonish, a little bit with the scarecrows, but. All right, well, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Nope. Would you recommend this book? Uh, yes, I would recommend it to some people. Mm-hmm. It depends what genre of books you like to read. Mm-hmm. I would, too, if you like creepy books, if you like being a little scared or a little um, on edge. I say it was, you know, not quite Stephen King, but a step up from R.L. Stein. Um, I, I really liked it. I would definitely recommend others read it. It was a quick read. It was a page turner for sure. Um, I think I read it in a day. You read it in what, like two days? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two thumbs up very much. I would recommend it. So you want to close this out? This is the end of our podcast. Yeah, this was our review of uh, Small Spaces by Catherine Arden. All right. Have a good day.